What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pot of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not they should get a call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're doing another Pot of Fame book club. Today's book is titled Kingdom Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how a once swinging cow town chased the ultimate comeback. It's by Mark Dent and Rustin Dodd. This book comes out Tuesday, August 22nd. So if you're listening to it on Monday, it comes out tomorrow. If you're a little behind on podcasts, you'll listen to it later. It's already out. It's available at all major bookstores. Anywhere you get a book from Amazon, it's there. So what is this book about? What are we covering today? Let me read to you kind of the short summary on Amazon. Fresh off a gutsy, thrilling 2023 Super Bowl win for the Kansas City Chiefs, two inspiring stories that fit together perfectly. A biography of superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who brought the Chiefs to their first Super Bowl win in 50 years in 2020, as well as a second in 2023, along with the historical struggles and recent resurgence of the former Paris of the Plains, Kansas City. So I read that because I think it does a good job of something this up. There's really two books in one here. There's two different storylines going and they alternate chapters until kind of the end of the book. Um, and, and one storyline is the rise of Kansas City as a, as a city, how it came to be where it is today and all the imperfections, I would say, this, of the city as well as the great things about the city as well as its residents. And then there's a whole storyline of Patrick Mahomes' life Going all the way back to like when his grandparents uh, were in Texas, to him being raised there, to him going to college in Texas, to him getting drafted, of course, by the Chiefs, um, you know, sitting behind Alex Smith for a season before eventually becoming the quarterback he is today, two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the best quarterbacks I think we've ever seen already. He's not even 28 years old. So both of those stories are told. Uh, Rustin and Mark do an excellent job weaving the stories together. And I was hooked from the moment I picked up this book. I got an advanced copy several weeks ago. I, I, I finished this very quickly. Um, I was as equally as excited about the chapters about Kansas City as I was about the football chapters. Sometimes he was even speeding through some of the Mahomes stuff to get to more of the history. I mean, the history stuff really pulled me in. Uh, and, it, and it does a great job of telling a, a story about a city that I think most of us don't know much about. And, and Mark and Rustin and I, you know, today we talk about the book. We talk about Kansas City. We talk about good barbecue options in Kansas City. We, of course, talk about the Chiefs. We talk about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. And then we also build, as we do on this pod a lot of the time, a Rushmore of all Kansas City sports. I had a blast with Mark and Rustin on this podcast. I had a blast reading the book. So all around good time for Jim. Um, but I hope you enjoy learning a little more about the book, but really learning more about Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, as well as the city of Kansas City. So with the quick facts out of the way at the top here, let's bring on Mark and Rustin. All right. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, the authors of the new book, Kingdom Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how a once-swing cowtown chased the ultimate comeback, Mark Dent and Rustin Dodd. Mark, Rustin, how are you both doing today? Jim, I'm doing well. How are you? 
I'm good. Good. Yeah, I'm doing great as well. Thanks for having us. Of course. So your guys' book comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, which for my listeners, if you're listening on Monday, it's coming out tomorrow. If you're a little behind on your podcast schedule, it might be out already. Um, I had the privilege of, of getting my hands on this a few weeks ago. I, I burned through it really quickly and I, and I loved it. And I got to say, you know, Mark and Russ and I, I came, I came for Patrick Mahomes. He, he's on the cover. I'm like, okay, Chiefs book. Again, this is a sports podcast. We cover sports. And it did not disappoint, but what I wasn't expecting is I came from Mahomes. I stayed for the Kansas City history because what you both do in this book is, you know, you have kind of two different stories going at the same time. They converge kind of at the end. It's the history of the city of Kansas City as well as kind of the history of Patrick Mahomes. And I thought you guys did an excellent job. And again, I came in knowing a bit about Patrick Mahomes. I came in knowing next to nothing about Kansas City. And, and I feel like I learned a ton after completing your book. I got to ask at the top here, this is a football book. This is also a history book. How did you guys come together to kind of create this? What's the story behind how this book, at least the idea be, you know, got started and how you actually came to write it and complete it? Yeah, I, I feel like I always take this question and then I feel guilty because Mark was the one who actually sort of had the original germ of the idea. Uh, but uh, so in 2020, so for background, Mark and I both grew up in the suburbs of Kansas City, the Kansas City area um, on the Kansas side, you know, the confusing part of the geography of Kansas City. And in 2020, right after the Chiefs kind of won the Super Bowl, um, they looked like they were going to you know, be the best team in the NFL the next year. It kind of just seemed like Patrick Mahomes was like going to be sort of this instant dynasty kind of figure. Um, and Mark kind of called me up and he was just like, Hey, you know, like, you know, Kansas city's just changed so much since we were kids. It's sort of this like fascinating city at this fascinating time. And, you know, like it used to be sort of this kind of just for lack of a better word, like decrepit place where like the downtown was kind of hollowed out and people lived in the suburbs and there wasn't really even much of a city. It just would happen to be a place where, where people, a lot of people lived. Um, and people obviously always love their sports. And it had just changed a lot in the last 20 years. And Mark just was like, you know, we should write a book about Patrick Mahomes, but really, you know, obviously focus on Kansas City. And that was the original idea. And it sort of changed a little bit over the next year as we sort of researched it and reported and started working on it. But, you know, that was like sort of the idea. And then it sort of morphed into we realized, you know, we had to kind of tell the full history of Kansas City. Um, and then it just so happened that obviously it, uh, we knew the book was going to be coming out um, this year, but uh, we got obviously pretty fortunate with the Chiefs having their another run um, and winning their second Super Bowl. But that was, I mean, to be like full disclosure, we really thought the Chiefs would win another Super Bowl, like in the next year or two after they had won their their first. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if that was just you know overconfidence or what, but but it just seems like with Patrick Mahomes, you always just assume that like they're going to have a chance. So. Anyway, that's that's the the maybe the long long version of the story, but uh, that's more or less it. I don't know if Mark has anything to add. Yeah, no, I, I mean that that's basically it. We, I, I think we we got fortunate to have um, you know the Super Bowl win that Russell was just talking about, but but there's also just been so much happening in Kansas City, and we were able to really I I think cover a lot of that um, over the last year and a half, two years. Um, and still tie it to the past. 
So it made the book really come together as a whole and yet also feel very fresh uh, on the Kansas City side too. No, I I think it definitely does. Cause like, again, I think you mentioned the book slightly, but like World Cup's coming around 2026 for men's, Kansas City was selected. My hometown city of Chicago wasn't. I was a little bothered by that. Kansas City's the up and coming. But again, even when I, I'm thinking the World Cup last time around, I feel like they would... I don't know. What's the name of the place they always pan to? It has all the TVs. Everyone watches the games there. Is it the electric something? The power, power and light district. Oh, I was close with electric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Power and light district. So that seems to be like the place. And I know when the World Cup comes around, that is going to be jammed. It's going to be on Sports Center probably every single morning showing the, the people celebrating there whenever maybe America's playing. But yes, I do feel like there has been a lot of buzz around Kansas City lately. You know, I don't know if I can separate right now. Is it because Patrick Mahomes is in my life all the time? Is it because other things like that? But it does seem to be growing um, in terms of popularity, at least around around the country here. Um, my next question here, though, is this. So I said at the beginning, right, I, I learned a lot about Kansas City in general. Um, again, I knew a good amount about Mahomes, the Chiefs history, but I didn't know much about Kansas City. And my question for you all is like, for residents of Kansas City that are going to pick up this book, because this will sell nationwide, but I'm sure people in Kansas City will show special interest to in this. Are they like, do they know this, the history of the city, like as you've kind of put out in the book, or is this going to be kind of news to them as well? I mean, you guys grew up in Kansas City. Were you aware of the history of where you lived or were you picking stuff up even while you were kind of researching this book and the average Kansas City resident is going to be like, wow, I didn't know much of this. I, I mean, I think, I think yeah. it's, yeah, well, I, I think it's our yeah. mark. I, I think it's just true that most people don't know much about the place where they are from. It doesn't really matter which city you are. I, I think people have the basic broad strokes of the, the history of their city um, and, you know, maybe when it was formed or like, you know, the key figures that were, but I, I don't know that the, you know, people in Kansas City knew, know the specifics and to make it more like personal, you know, we grew up in, you know, in the 1990s, and there's been kind of a just a big reconsideration of Kansas City's history uh, in the last like 25 years. Um, and we sort of write about that in the book. But, you know, these this figure, JC Nichols, he's, he's kind of a main character. He was a kind of a prominent developer who developed all of Kansas City and became very influential nationwide and kind of helped more or less, you know, develop the suburbs or at least like create the idea of what the suburbs are. And uh, we we certainly knew his name growing up, but we didn't really know much about him. And I think that's true of most people in Kansas City. And that's kind of partly why we wanted to write about it for people in Kansas City, but people outside of Kansas City, because, you know, it's I think most places outside of New York or L.A. or, you know, even like a Chicago or, you know, a Philadelphia you know, they're not really seen, you know, in like their story isn't really told that that often. And there actually is a lot to learn, you know, from cities like Kansas City, um, you know, about the way like the problems they had or the growth they had or, you know, the figures that were there doing things. And so that was kind of, you know, we were kind of motivated to tell the story of the city that, you know, frankly, just, you know, most people probably don't know much about um, and and the reasons why it is. Um, you know, why is it, it is resonant like in uh, across the country. Mark, do you have anything to add there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that another thing that kind of stood out and, and we did uh, learn like just so much more 
uh, as we reported on this book, um, I think people might have had some idea of, about the past of Kansas City, but I hope that what we did was really show the way that it has had uh, this national impact and how it does sort of fit the bill of like the uh, every town USA, uh, but at the same time had an, a kind of a, an outsized role in uh, kind of showing how so many cities became uh, like an every town USA, if you will, um, particularly across the heartland. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say, you know, you know, I'm from Chicago. I live in Chicago. Uh, I see Wrigley Field at my window here. And as I was reading the book, I, I couldn't help but again, Chicago's a Midwest city here, just like Kansas City. And I saw a lot of my city in, in when I was reading about Kansas City. Again, some of the stuff from Kansas City was brought here, but you know, redlining is a problem here. Like it's, I saw a lot of the similar things that you talked about about Kansas City and Chicago. However, just like in your book, like people from Chicago, we know there's problems here, but we we love Chicago. I love Chicago. I love my hometown. It's got its problems, but I love it. Throughout the book, that seemed to be a consistent theme. You recognize there's problems. You interview a lot of people who identify there's problems. We can make this city better, but they seem to still, they love Kansas City. They're so proud to be from Kansas City. You guys both grew up in Kansas City. Question for both of you. What, what makes, why do you love Kansas City? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, and I'll answer that question, but there is like just a kind of funny contradiction about all people from Kansas City in the sense that everybody has this sort of intense local pride and this sort of really feeling that Kansas City is this special place, yet they also feel like that they are constantly terrified that nobody else understands that this place could potentially or possibly be special at all and so i think maybe that's like the one difference about like a place like chicago where you yeah. know they might have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder that they're not new york or something but but like people understand that like chicago is a world-class city and like so people in chicago are not worried that people would you know think chicago isn't like a cool place you know sure um, so uh, that is the interesting thing about being from kansas city is that there is this hometown pride and this kind of unspoken bond from people that grew up there uh yet everybody also is worried that like they, they just assume that you know it's a flyover city and a flyover state and you know people probably just think like there's nothing cool going on there um and yeah i i think i i kansas city and we write a little bit about this in the book but um it just has um like it is just almost like the perfect size uh, for, you know, it, it is a it is a true city. There are, you know, everything you could ever want is in that city, yet it, it really is, you know, it's like the it's this is a total cliche and it's but it's like it is a truly almost like a town more than it is a city in the sense that uh, it's not that big. Right. So there's only two million people in the entire metro and there's, you know, 500 some thousand in the city and it it is a major league city, I guess, but um, also more or less just much closer to a town than it is a, a city. Yeah, and I think that part of, of what Rustin was just saying is one of the reasons why, you know, why I certainly know that I love Kansas City and I know why other people do is that that kind of, you know, a big city, but not so big enough means that, um, you know, the people here who do love it and who want to, uh, you know, maybe try and drive some change or, uh 
really try and uh, in these last few years, you know, we write a lot about housing in this book. Um, you know, these groups have really had like an impact. And I, I think like maybe in a bigger city, there are similar groups, but they don't have the same impact because, you know, it's just a much larger city. And I think that's something that's really cool about Kansas City. Uh, and and then on top of that, it's it's like you were saying, Jim. It, it does seem like everyone loves it, um, and it's really contagious. I you know have lived all over the country uh, since growing up there. You know, I've lived on the East Coast. Uh, I've lived in Indianapolis. I've lived in multiple cities in Texas. You know, I live in Dallas now, and um, the way that people just uniformly. Uh, love Kansas City is is pretty unusual. Um, I, I do think, you know, maybe like Chicago and Philadelphia, I, I think there might be somewhat of a similar vibe, certainly. But um, yeah, like it it it's kind of like a college town, like I, I think is what uh, Carl Peterson, the former Chiefs general manager, uh, told us uh, one time, like when when he kind of first got here, he was like, you know, <laughs> there was like uh, there's flags uh, flying in downtown for the Chiefs. And uh, I, it's just pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, no, I, I, I again, <clears throat> definitely Chicago, Kansas City, not a perfect uh, comp, but at the same time, I, I did take a lot. I think I think that's the thing what makes your book kind of universal. I think a lot of people around the country will read this book and kind of relate to wherever they're from to this a bit, unless you're probably from New York or LA. I don't know if they're going <laughs> to, I don't, I don't know if they're going to get us, but, but that's well, right. They, okay, they should still read it anyway, by the way. They should definitely that, read it yeah. anyway. Exactly. Let's talk football. Patrick Mahomes. He's somehow only 27 years old still. He turns 28 this September. He has two Super Bowl championships, two Super Bowl MVPs, a two-time MVP already. My question to you both, is he already the best chief in, in team history? Well, yes, um, without a doubt. Without a doubt? Yeah. 100% agree? Yes. I mean, uh, two Super Bowls um, the and the amount of joy that he's brought in just five years. Uh, I don't think that uh, you could... I don't think you can really argue it. Um, there's certainly a few other players who are very deserving of being in the top five. Um, but I think number one, it has to be Mahomes. Did he, was it in like, let's take it a year back. You have, he hasn't won his second Super Bowl. Was it still already Mahomes at that point? Or did he dethrone? I don't know who you had at the top. Len Dawson, Willie Lanyard, Derek Thomas, Gonzalez, whoever he dethroned, did he dethrone him after this last Super Bowl, or did he not even need that? He was already the guy. I, he was I think pretty he was, close to being already the yeah, guy. I think uh, he was already the guy even. And, and I yeah. think it was that joy level that uh, would have kind of clinched it. Um, and, you know, back in like, for instance, you mentioned Len Dawson from the late sixties and early seventies, you know, um, he was the quarterback, uh, but you know, that team was really anchored by a, a defense, you know, like you mentioned mm -hmm. Willie Lanier, Bobby Bell, uh, and then Dawson happened to have uh, Otis Taylor, who was one of the, one of the best wide receivers um, in the league. So uh, there was really like, uh, it, it was harder to kind of pinpoint who uh, the best player was on that team and who everyone's favorite was on that team. And I, it's very clear cut. Uh, you do see a ton of Travis Kelsey jerseys, by the way. Um, and people love Travis Kelsey, but I, I would still say that Mahomes is, uh, you know, pretty consensus, uh, the most beloved. Mark, I'm glad you brought up Tra Travis Kelsey because that's where I want to get to next. So I grew up in the 90s as well. And when I thought of Chiefs football, I thought of Tony Gonzalez, like the tight end of the 90s. 
is his numbers from an offensive standpoint still he might I, I think he's still the top for all tight ends for receiving catching still touchdown catches uh Kelsey's approaching on some of those numbers um but he's getting a little older has Kelsey dethroned Tony Gonzalez as the best tight end in Chiefs history because I put a poll up the other day it's like a 50 50 split but you guys are Kansas City guys who's the best tight end in team history is it Kelsey or is it Tony Gonzalez still so so I've actually had a conversation with Nick Wright from Fox um FS1 Fox Sports who's a who is a Kansas City guy and a, and a big Chiefs fan we've actually I've asked him this question twice and um I think when they were about to play the Bucks in the Super Bowl, he still had Tony Gonzalez, or at least he had him 1A, 1B. When I actually talked to him recently, he has Travis Kelsey above Tony Gonzalez now. And I think I agree. Um, you know, well, first of all, I mean, Tony Gonzalez has played a, a bunch of years with the Falcons. So he, if you look at his longevity sure. and his career numbers, I mean, they are incredible. I, I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to catch Tony Gonzalez in career receptions. Um, I maybe, but I, I just don't think you'll have the, the, the years to do that. I think Tony just put the number too far in the, in the, too far out there. But I do think if you just look at like their prime seasons, particularly their prime seasons with the chiefs, I mean, Travis Kelsey, I, I think I'm going to say this wrong. So I, I think it's now six years in a row. He's at a thousand yards receiving. Um, you can probably, could probably look this up. Um, which is a record for tight ends. Um, and you know, it's, he really is you know, the one knock against Travis Kelsey, it's, it's not even really a knock, but it's, it's people will say, well, he's, he's not even really a tight end. Like he is essentially like a, you know, a, one of the best slot receivers of all time, or just one of the best receivers of all time. Um, and there might be some truth to that. You know, if, if you watch Travis Kelsey play, I mean, he's, he's the, like his yards after catch are, are just out of this world and the way he avoids being hit and he he's, a massive guy and very physical, but if you watch the way he kind of moves around the field, he's constantly, you know, catching the ball, making one little like turn or juke. And, you know, he has 10 more yards uh, more or less like every play. So I would, I would put Travis Kelsey above uh, Tony Gonzalez at this point, but it is uh, I mean, it, they're, it's, they're very close. I, I don't think it would be a, I, I, if somebody wanted to argue against me, I, I don't think I would, you know, put up a huge fight. Mark, what about you? Where do you where do you land on the Gonzalez Kelsey debate right now? I I do think that yes, Gonzalez will probably still end up having better numbers career wise. The I I think the one reason why you could argue Gonzalez is maybe more beloved or uh, seen as the greatest tight end uh, for the Chiefs is that uh, Gonzalez was around in some pretty lean years. Um, I, I don't, I trying to remember exactly when he was drafted here, but it was in the nineties and it was toward the end of what was kind of in some ways, a depressing run of playoff failures to, uh, a time where they didn't even make the playoffs. And so Tony Gonzalez was putting up these great numbers and he had this magnetic, you know, kind of Californian personality that people really loved. And he would dunk the football after he scored touchdowns through the upright. Um, and I, I think he had he was like this one glimmer of positivity on a lot of really disappointing teams. And so I, I think that in some ways that might uh, people who uh, were around and were cheese fans, then I think might hold on to Gonzalez just a little bit more fondly than, than Kelsey. Yeah. yeah so I, 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to just say it is seven straight a thousand yard seasons for Kelsey, which is the record for tight ends. I don't know if I said six or seven earlier, but I just wanted to make sure I was correct. <laughs> no, and and what I wanted to bring up. So I don't know if Kelsey will catch Gonzalez for his career, but on the Chiefs, Kelsey's actually only 102 receptions away from pass or tying Gonzalez. He's only about 600 receiving yards away from passing Gonzalez and only eight touchdowns away from passing Gonzalez. So this season he will, barring injury, pass Gonzalez in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns for the Chiefs, possibly even catches, and be the all-time leader across all three categories for the Chiefs. You throw in his part in the two Super Bowl championships, and I actually didn't think it would be this close. I, I had Gonzalez easily over, but now looking at the numbers, I would say after this season, Kelsey's kind of an easy choice for me. But again, I know Gonzalez, especially you could say Mahomes overshadows Kelsey a little bit where when Gonzalez was playing, he was the guy in the team, Mark, kind of how you were saying on those lean years where Kelsey has to share the spotlight, even though he's the best tight end in the league, he's sharing the spotlight with the best quarterback in the league. And we know the quarterback's always going to win um, that kind of fight here. I do want to expand this a little bit across all sports because you you talk you touch on you know the Royals a little bit you touch on the Kansas City Monarchs at a point um, you even touch on the Kansas City Omaha Kings that were there for a little tiny bit I believe in the seventies. Uh, my podcast is big on Rushmore, right? We we four faces who who showcases the best of the best, and I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at Kansas City, and you don't look like you have many mountain ranges out there. It looked like the tallest summit around the area was something called Mount Sunflower, which is not really a, a peak at all. It's just flat land that's slowly higher elevated. So I don't really know where we're building this, maybe somewhere in the Ozarks that maybe, you know, kind of tip the southern, southeastern corner of your state. But let's say we were building a Rushmore for all Kansas City sports. So not just the Chiefs, all Kansas City sports. And you already told me Mahomes was one of your guys. He's the best chief of all time. I assume he gets to go on this Rushmore we're building. So that's one face on here. You got three spaces left. I want to hear what both of you, who else you would put on there. And as I give you a second, just a second to kind of think about this, I did draft some names just to jog your old memory because I didn't prepare you for this. Uh, for Chiefs players besides Mahomes, I got Len Dawson, Willie Lanyard, Derek Thomas, Tony Gonzalez, and Bobby Bell along with Travis Kelsey and Eric Berry. For Royals players, I really just got George Brett. I don't know how you guys feel about including this guy, but he's a Kansas City native. I believe he still lives in the area. Tom Watson, the great golfer. I don't know if you guys consider him Kansas City, but he kind of showed up when I was looking at famous people from the area. And of course, Kansas City Monarchs, this is some of the star power here. You got Satchel Paige, Bullet Rogan, and Buck O'Neill. So you can pick whoever you want. I just want to give you kind of an... A quick answer, Keith, you needed some help, but both of you, if Mahomes is one of those heads on that Rushmore, who are the other three? Yeah, I, I definitely Mahomes. I don't think there's anybody in the Kansas City area who would say otherwise. Uh, then George Brett, for sure. Um, I think he is uh, automatically on there. Nobody would disagree or very, very few. Um, for my next two, uh, you know, I've, I've actually thought about this question before. And so I've, I've given it some thought, uh, I would put Buck O'Neill on there because, um, he was such an ambassador for the city and, um, and the way that he helped grow, um, 
you know, the Negro League, certainly, um, and just helping usher uh, black baseball players into Major League Baseball. Um, he just had outstanding achievements. Uh, and then my fourth is a bit of a wild card that some may uh, disagree with, but I would pick Maurice Green, the Olympics. Wow. Uh, he's okay. from Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, he was kind of an, a relatively unheralded high school athlete. Um, but ended up, uh, you know, winning a gold medal. He, uh, he was the world record holder in the 100 meter dash. Uh, and he was doing it, you know, in like the late nineties, early two thousands, which was at a time that, uh, you know, the Royals and the Chiefs were not very good. And there was so much pride to have Maurice Green be from Kansas city. I love it. What about yeah, you, Rustin? That, that's a good call on Maurice Green. I wouldn't have thought of him uh, either. Um, I think the old, Mount Rushmore of Kansas City sports before Patrick Mahomes always included uh, Lynn Dawson, George Brett, and Tom Watson. And then the fourth was sometimes debated, but those three were always on there. And so I would still, I, I would start with Mahomes, Brett, and I would put Tom Watson. Um, it's hard for people of, I'm 37, and I never even saw Tom Watson at his peak aside from that random British Open that he almost won. <laughs> Um, but he, he legitimately was the best golfer in the world for, for a long period. And, you know, a rival of Jack Nicholas and even bested him, you know, many times in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, so I, I would put him on the Mount Rushmore and yeah, my fourth, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I might go with like Satchel page. I mean, I just think that he is like such an American icon and probably even underappreciated in Kansas city. Uh, at this point and he I mean he was not from Kansas City but after he played for the Monarchs he lived in Kansas City the rest of his life um, and uh, his family is still here I actually interviewed his his daughter um, at the Super Bowl or she wasn't at the Super Bowl when I was at the Super Bowl because uh, when Patrick Mahomes was growing up uh, Satchel Page was one of Pat Mahomes's favorite players um, he, he was sort of an idol of Pat Mahomes senior and like I, you know, Pat's father, Johnny, I assume told him about, um, Satchel Page. Anyway, so there's a lineage where, um, when Patrick Mahomes was growing up, uh, his father would tell him about Satchel Page. Um, and so anyway, that, so there's a little bit of a Mahomes connection there. So I, I would go, I guess, Satchel Page is the fourth. All right. I like both of those. I like how they're a little different. I love the Maurice Green one, Mark, cause I would have, I would never guess in a million years. David put you in the answer bank. So that was a great one. All right. A few more quick questions before we get you guys out of here. I'm, I'm a big food guy. I actually, so I told you guys before we kind of started recording here, um, you know, I, I'm planning to take a trip now to Kansas City next year. Your guys' book, it's not the only thing that inspired me, but it was like, I got to get here. I got to see some of these spots they're all talking about. The only time I've ever been to Kansas City was on the way back of a road trip two years ago. I made sure we took like a two-hour detour so I could go through because I want to try Kansas City barbecue. I've heard great things. Chicago is a good food town. We love our barbecue here. I've been to Texas, had barbecue there. Our Kansas City is a great spot. I ended up at Joe's Kansas City barbecue. I the part of the gas station one. I'd always heard good things, and it was excellent. Lives up to the hype. You guys are from the area, though. Outside of Joe's, what is the other top one or two spots? If I'm coming back, I have to go get barbecue from. So I would, so I would put it in this perspective, right? So Kansas city barbecue is a little bit like, you know, eating deep dish pizza in Chicago. Oh, eating... not a thing you normally do then. Well, uh, well, I, I don't know. That's I mean, deep dish for us. 
Oh, deep dish. Okay. Well, I just mean like it's uh, it's like it's like going to eat pizza in Chicago. You know, whatever. Gotcha. The, gotcha. Gotcha. It's like eating Chicago style pizza. Maybe I said that incorrectly. No, you did. Uh, so what I mean by that is like it's it's just as much of almost like a cultural experience than it is like you know where you know where it's like you might you might want you know, like are you going for the peak food or are you going for you know that this is the experience like this is the experience all experience. Yeah. So the reason I say that is because, you know, like there are, there's a lot of competition barbecue now that are, uh, is very popular around the country, but it's also very popular in Kansas city where you have these people that, I mean, they've mastered barbecue. Um, and there's a couple of great restaurants. Um, there's a restaurant in Kansas city called Q39, which, I mean, the barbecue might be the best in the city and the people behind it, they were competition barbecue people. They, you know, they go to these competitions and, you know, make ribs and whatever. Um, but if you want the true Kansas city barbecue experience you have to probably go to arthur bryant's which was mm. sort of the original one the original location is on the east side of kansas city it's where municipal stadium which is no longer there where the chiefs and royals played uh at when they were in this late 60s um that's kind of the i think the hub there's you know people gates is another classic one it's famous for you walk in the door and they yell at you and yell hi may i help you and then you know like what do you want basically i might be sure. getting that wrong but like they they're you know it's they're not really there for the service um and uh, yeah i mean there's there's a few others that are they're obviously you can't go wrong but those are probably my and joe's is obviously great as well but mark am i am i yeah I, th I think that's correct. Like uh, the atmosphere and the experience of of Gates and uh, and Arthur Bryant's especially um, those two, I, I think, give you the best experience, and those are a must uh, for for being in Kansas City as, as well as uh, Joe's Kansas City. Um, there's been a lot of, as Rustin mentioned, uh, new techniques for uh, cooking and serving barbecue that have proliferated, uh, a lot of which were uh, have been adopted from Texas uh, that you'll find at newer uh, barbecue restaurants here in Kansas City. Uh, one of those, which I like quite a bit, um, I, I think I haven't been there in about a year, but um, uh, Chef J is what it's called. And uh, they have a restaurant in the West Bottoms which is a neighborhood that we bring up in in the yeah. book actually because it was like an old industrial area and is really a uh, it's a destination to go there now because uh, it it's you know a lot of that industry has gone away but it some of it is still there and it's just really interesting part of town and a very good barbecue at uh, Chef J. Okay. Yeah, and I also just have to give a quick shout out for a barbecue spot called LC's, which is it might okay. not be on the rushmore of kansas city barbecue but is also the mount rushmore of kc barbecue experiences just a a, a total kind of a hole in the wall kind of place where you know the person is running the joint is you know doing the the accounting like at a desk like in the middle of the restaurant um and it, it's a legendary spot as well okay those are those are my kind of spots so uh i will be having meat sweats for days following this trip and then i guess around when to visit like is the ideal time fall? I got to get to Arrowhead. Is it winter? So I can see that you talked about in the book, you people come, they light up the whole mall or something. Uh, like you have celebrities coming around Christmas time. Do I come in the spring? Is it too hot to come in the summer? When's the ideal time to visit Kansas City for someone out of town? I would say September would be the best time or early October, but particularly September, because what I would I would do is the weather is going to be great. I would try to 
you know, sync it up to the very beginning of the NFL season. Um, and potentially you could even catch a Royals game because it's in, still in September. The tickets for that are going to be very inexpensive, but the weather will probably be pretty nice. Um, and you can, you know, you can also enjoy all the other stuff that you would want to go. You can go to the plaza, you can check out downtown, but it, the weather will be nice. You can go to Westport, which is another kind of entertainment district. Um, and all of those experiences would be great. But yeah, I would, I would build it around a Sunday at Arrowhead and particularly, you know, a, a Sunday night game would be fun. People are out there tailgating, you know, six or seven hours ahead of time, but also just the classic noon game. Um, you know, people will be out there at, you know, 7 a.m. So those would, that would be my time ballpark it to like early to mid September. Yeah, I, I think Rustin's about right. I would, I would maybe push it back just a little farther into early October. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I think just in the fall in general is Kansas City is its truest self, its fullest mm -hmm. self. Uh, be, a lot a lot of that is because of football. But the weather in early October can sometimes just be like, I mean, so pristine uh, that it it almost is indescribable. I, I was, you know, back here uh, early October last year. And um, I'm going to just name drop this. We didn't get to include any of this in the book. So I'll, I'll do it on this podcast. Perfect. Um, I was at a luncheon uh, where the uh, one of the chairs of the Federal Trade Commission, Lena Khan, was there. And um, her staff, uh, I started talking to them. And they just like, they could not get over how nice the weather was like, like they, <laughs> I, they literally said that it was like the best that they have ever felt like, like the sun felt like perfect. There was like no wind. Um, it was just like this sublime couple of days. Uh, and uh, by the way, just to show how important the chiefs are. That was on a Monday. Lena Khan, who I, I don't think is a huge sports fan, although I could be wrong. Uh, she starts this luncheon by just asking everyone like, hey, what did you think of the game last night? And, you know, I I'm, I know that one of her uh, staffers must have told her to do that. But uh, it was uh, I don't know, that kind of brought it all together. It was a so that the early October, I think, is uh, in many ways uh, the best time. Well, you guys have at minimum sold me on Kansas City. It's only August, so I have time to make this. Maybe even happen this year if I don't want to wait a whole year. Final question before I get you out of here. Again, the book comes out Tuesday, August 22nd. Again, it is Kingdom Quarterback. For my listeners listening here, I feel like we've done a good job of talking about what this book covers and everything else. But for you all, you know who who should go out there and buy this book? Who is this book for? Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about Patrick Mahomes that much on this podcast, <laughs> which I find kind of funny. But um, yeah, I think it's for people who really care about sports and really care about cities. If you're the kind of person who really appreciates both of those things, I, I, we, I think you'll love this book, particularly, I mean, uh, Midwestern cities, or if you have a soft, soft spot for them, you'll love this book. But it doesn't even have to be that. It's just... The, I think we can like learn so much from, you know, the story of all cities and every city has its own history and culture, but there's something to be learned from all of these stories. And, um, you know, Kansas City is one that you just don't hear about very often. But if you if you appreciate, you know, a, a true kind of Midwestern town that loves football and has a really fascinating history, um, you might you might enjoy this book. Yeah, I, I would agree, of course, with that and uh, would just add a little bit of an extra plug for Mahomes. Uh, you know, he's he's on this Netflix show right now. And mm. um, I've been, I think, just seeing different comments on the Internet of, of people who are like, 
I don't even watch football and I, I'm watching this show because of Mahomes. And I feel like our book, um, it really takes you into like the essence of Mahomes and why what he does is so um, unique. And and frankly, it, he 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 plays football like it, it's he he makes American football the beautiful game almost. Um, and and I think that reading our book, you'll understand like how he is able to do that and and why it's so special and what he means to everyone around him um, on his team because of how he plays like that. So. Yeah, I, I didn't want to spoil too much about Patrick Mahomes. You got to go get the book to kind of find out a little more there. But to me, Mahomes, he's like the Steph Curry of the NFL. I really feel like it. He makes it fun to watch. My mom, not a big NFL fan, obsessed with Patrick Mahomes. Way before the Netflix show even came out, she saw him on a talk show once about four years ago, loved him. Now she's texting me every day about the Netflix show. So um, he's a lovable guy. He's easy to root for, even from a QB depressed town like Chicago. So uh, again, he has two Super Bowls. I guess he's probably going to win several more. I wish him the best. Rustin, Mark, thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on. Good luck with the launch of the book uh, on the 22nd. And listeners, again, make sure you go check that out. Again, one more time, that's Kingdom quarterback you can buy that wherever books are sold again mark and russ and thanks so much thanks, thanks jim thanks for having us this has been great all right i want to thank mark and rustin for coming on the pod today uh, that was a lot of fun i'm really having fun with these pot of fame book club episodes and i got another one coming up soon with joe piznanski about his new book about baseball so that's coming down the pipeline soon. I'm in the midst of reading it. That comes out in September, though. So you got some time. Um, another a Kansas City guy. So um, really having fun with these. I'll do them sparingly. They won't be all the time, but these happen to just be coming up right now, which is always fun. Uh, but that is all we have. So if you don't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us on Twitter at Pot of Fame. You can follow our Substack, past, present, future. If you've done all of that, you've done your homework. Um, have a great week and, and check out this book. Again, I really did enjoy it. Um, and, and I learned a ton about Kansas City, a city I, to Rustin and Mark's point, I don't think most people know much about, but actually has a very kind of significant part in American history for better and worse. So uh, make sure to check that out, but have a great week, and I will talk to you on Monday. Take care.